Welcome to the Biz Dad Podcast, where we dive into the melding of fathership and entrepreneurship with your host, the original Biz Dad himself, Adam Labar. Adam is a Christian, a former Air Force officer, a dad to three amazing kids, a coach, a real estate investor, and a business owner. On this podcast, he'll explore the unique journeys of amazing dads who are striving for greatness in both business and family. So whether you're a dad who is an aspiring entrepreneur, a seasoned business owner, or simply a man striving to be a better dad, get ready as the Biz Dad brings you conversations to inspire, challenge, and equip you to be a better dad and entrepreneur. And now, here's Adam. We have Jamie Gruber on the podcast today. So Jamie and I have known each other for, I don't know, five years, something like that, with between a couple of different masterminds that we've been in. So to, to kick it off, Jamie, just tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, uh, what kind of business uh, slash businesses uh, you're involved in. I am almost 13-year happily married man. My wife, Sylvia, uh, and I met each other while working together in Boston. She actually worked for me. We have two young boys, Sebastian's eight, Julian's five. I host the Tribe of Millionaires podcast. It's in partnership with GoBundance. I've been a member for four plus mm -hmm. years, and a lot has happened in my life that I credit GoBundance for. So I've partnered up and have done some businesses with them. So people get to know me through the podcast. When they know me and like me enough, they tend to join the Emerge, GoBundance Emerge community, which I own. So GoBundance Emerge is sort of the feeder program for future millionaires. We create whole life millionaires, I like to say, and people will join that. From there, I'm partnered with Quantum Capital. We invest in value-add, distressed, BC-class workforce housing, multifamily housing uh, in Denver, Austin, a little bit in LA. And that's kind of the funnel of my business, if you will, or all of my businesses in one funnel. I did throw away 400 grand a year, throw away a bunch of unvested equity, probably half a million dollars in equity that I just, it just went back to the company because it was restricted stock units. They would vest every mm -hmm. year, but there was always something that wouldn't vest. And yeah, man, I, I ended up going on that trip to Florida. I spent the month there. Uh, the, I got back and flew to Tahoe for a GoBundance event. And, and when I arrived home from that GoBundance event, it was March 12th, 2021, uh, because I started on March 13th, 2021, I submitted my resignation. When you, uh, that month you spent in Florida, what, how did the conversations go with your wife and what were your thoughts? Like looking at your kids playing, you know, on the beach in Florida, as you're going through all of the stuff in your brain, like I would imagine you sitting there on the beach watching your kids. Like now you're, you're going hundred miles an hour trying to figure out what is this, what is this new path going to look like? How is this working? Like, what is my wife saying about this? Like talk me through a little bit of that. My wife is, uh, and maybe it's the benefit of her, of her background. My wife came from, she grew up in the Dominican Republic. She didn't have much. I mean, and her, her bathroom was a hole in the backyard for a, a number of years of her early life. So she's always said it before even I made this decision. She was saying, hey, look, you know, really, what's the worst case here? We got to downgrade. We got to sell our house, get a two-bedroom apartment. She's like, I mean, you know, mm -hmm. really, what's the worst case? Now, not every, not every wife or husband might think that way, right? You have a certain level that you, you, you aspire. And she doesn't want to go backwards, but she's just saying, hey, look, the, the chances of that are, are, are fairly slim. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't, it was very peaceful as far as the decision. There wasn't a lot of, I told her when I, when she got there, cause again, they flew in, I, they got there after me. They, they flew in a couple of days after I started driving and she was like, okay, as long as you feel like we're ready to go, then okay, cool. So no questions there, no issues there. I got, I got very, uh, conscious of the fact that I need to, I need to create, you know, a life outside of. So for context, I didn't, I didn't have the 
passive income to walk away from the job. That wasn't my calculus. Mm -hmm. I calculated that I don't take any income from my properties at this point. I'm not taking anything out of it. They're they're cash flowing, but everything just kind of goes back into the account, right? But I was like, all right, well, I could take from my five units back in New York, the two duplexes and the single family, the 16, 20, I could take four grand a month. And that was mm-hmm. essentially going to cover base expenses for me other than food and healthcare. But it would cover a house, car, car insurance, heat, electric, cell phone, Wi-Fi, basic, right? So I was like, well, all right, so we can cover that. I had a hundred plus grand in the bank. So I was like, wow, that's our burn account. So you know, I, I've got that mm-hmm. over time if I need it. So I didn't have the passive income just to step away. So, so for me, it was like, all right, well, you know, I just started to merge. That wasn't cash flowing. It's a new business, right? I'm, you know, we, we made a little money, but it was all going back into the business. So, you know, what do I, what do I need to create here? You know, as I, as I go forward. So I got, I probably got a little too busy that month looking at and talking about and having conversations about how I can build or what I can structure after I leave my job. But I was confident that I could. I was confident that, you know, you give me six months without the job or a year without the job in the way, Mm -hmm. without the energy and the time spent. Oh my God, I can build everything I have going to, you know, another level. Um, It's funny though, what happens when you make a decision like that? So I made this decision and then two things happened. One, quantum, quantum came along right in that time. So I met Mark Henteman. He's like, hey man, I yeah, I'd love to do. I'd love to have you partner up with me and uh, and be kind of a investor relations marketing guy on this general partnership team. And I mean, he's a mm-hmm. whatever 150 million dollars in assets at that point. We're over 250 now, but you know, we closed on seven eight deals in the last year. There's acquisition fees. I mean, I invest most of it back in. I'm, I'm fortunate that I can. But if I needed, there's acquisition fees that I could take right there. Yeah. The other thing is actually go abundance came calling. Like, hey, you've got to merge. Um, I just took over the podcast, so I just took over what was called the Go Abundance, Go abundance podcast. And um, uh, the guy that ran it at the time, Chris, said, "Hey, we got all these members that are are or potential members that no one's talked to. Like they're interested in joining mm-hmm. Abundance. Like it's ten grand or fifteen grand to join. If you get these guys to sign up, I'll give you ten percent." And I'm like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll talk to him. I don't even know what that feels like, but sure." So he gives me this list, and <laughs> even though I had a day job, I, would, I was kind of done mentally. I would just I would start calling guys, like just. Mm-hmm. Hey, I saw you apply for GoBundance. What do you want to know? Kind of thing. And I ended up having really, really cool conversations with a bunch of guys. I didn't, I wasn't selling anybody, but you know, toward the end of the conversation, I'd be like, oh, okay, so what do I have to do to sign up? I'm like, oh, I'll do this, this, and this. And 17 people joined. So I made 20 grand sitting on the beach in huh. Florida, right? With this non effort of getting on the phone and just having cool conversations with guys like you. That was really all it was. And that was like yeah. all of a sudden an income stream. So for a few hours a month, I'd get on calls with people that were interested in joining Abundance and I'd make anywhere from five to 25 grand, sometimes more um, in a month that I wasn't expecting to make. So now I had this income stream. Now I had quantum, you know, like these things kind of came when I, when I cleared yep. the thing that was blocking me in the universe, that was blocking energy from, from flowing my way. Might be a little woo woo, I know, but I really believe <laughs> in this, in the law of vacuum prosperity, meaning you can't have until you remove, right? You have to create a vacuum for good things to fill it. Just like yeah. you can't put a, a new couch where the old couch is until you remove the old couch, right? It's the same thing. You can't put new streams of income and new opportunities when you're blocked by blocking the opportunity with something that you have in place. For me, that was the job. So yeah, I, it, was, it was sort of a, a wash of a month in some ways. Yeah, we spent time on the beach. I wasn't overthinking it. I just sort of mm-hmm. stuff opened up. It was like, I don't know. It's like one of those weird, you should be nervous moments that I wasn't nervous. I'm quitting my $400,000 a year job. Okay. And I wasn't nervous till two yeah. days before I actually resigned. That was the first time I felt nervous, like you know, <laughs> 32 days later. I didn't feel nervous a bit before that. So That's phenomenal. 
Yeah. And, and uh, I mean, I've said it before and I'll say it a billion times. Like I think the number one relationship that you could have in your life, the number one choice is to have a, a solid spouse. Um, uh, one that's supportive, one that's by your side, one that's, you know, helping you through life. Um, and it sounds like you have one that's, that's by far, you know, very supportive of you and like trusts what, what you're looking at and what you're doing. You know, I have a similar conversation with, with Raquel, with my wife. And, um, you know, like I told her, I said, what's the worst case scenario? Let's say I failed miserably at every single thing that we do. I said, you're still in the military. I still get disability pay. We'll make it just fine. And then I'll start something else. Like it is what, what it is. Like we got to, what did she you know, say though? When you first brought it up, what was her reaction? Um, so it was more of like a, like, what, what, what do you, what do you mean? Like you've got only X amount of time. So, it, but I think she knew much, it was coming. Wait, real quick, how was, much, how much time did you have left before you would start getting the blue card and pension and all that stuff? How much time did four you Four and a half years. Wow. That is close. That is close. Yeah. yeah so four go ahead. And a half years. But I, I think for about three years before that though, the writing was already on the wall. Like she already knew, like she could just see it on my face every day coming home from work. I was getting miserable. Dude. I was not. I was I wasn't happy, you know, and then and then yeah. you add into that the like looking at my kids every time I had to go by, like, all right, I'll see you later. I'm going for another month here or another two weeks here or another whatever, um, you know. And it was just it was exhausting. I love being a dad, so to me it was like I'm I am sacrificing what I love to do to go do something that is sapping every bit of joy I have in my life. <laughs> like I, I just you know, so I think for her it was she was already ready for it. Um, you know, she wasn't at the point where she was miserable. She was at a good position in her life to be kind of in, in her career, I should say, to, to separate from the stupidity that I was dealing with um, uh, and not have to deal with the politics one more level up. So, like, she was sitting pretty well and it was like, all right, well, it, I, I think it's just time I, I can't keep doing this. But I think yeah, okay, four and a half something, years. there's something in that, though. I get asked this a lot. Like, how do you get your wife on board? And I thought about that question mm -hmm. for so long. Like, I, you know. Trying to appeal to logic, I guess, and I, I just it doesn't it doesn't work, and that's because not because our yeah. wives are illogical, but they you know in many cases you'll hear this a lot, right? Like, oh, my wife grew up in X circumstance, doesn't want to go back there. Like, my wife grew up in that circumstances and isn't afraid to go back there. But I get it if you grew up in mm -hmm. poverty or an abusive situation or just always the stress of we we're not you know we're not we're just scraping by. I get why a wife or a husband or whomever uh, would feel that way. And typically, yeah. typically it's more the wife just because I think that's more of a feminine energy, feminine energy thing than a masculine energy thing. Masculine energy is like, I can yeah. conquer, I can go, I can do feminine energy is more nurture and make sure like I got these kids. I want to make sure they're protected. It's just a different, it's a different dynamic. But what I've arrived at, because I think about like whether my wife was just like this, Hey, whatever you want on board, maybe, but I may not be giving myself enough credit. And I don't, I think this is, for for creating for creating this and this is where i think when people ask how do i enroll my spouse i think this is the answer and you you just kind of alluded to it no one can deny no one not one human being can deny when they see the look in somebody else's eye mm -hmm. you know like if you were to see mike tyson before a fight in his heyday no one can deny that someone's about to get hurt right yeah he doesn't have to say anything he doesn't have to do anything he doesn't have to show you Someone's getting hurt. And it's the same thing, I think, when it comes to when you leave. In our cases, we built something. And we had something that was sucking our energy, that was sapping you know, mm -hmm. the, the humanity out of us. For whatever reason, we allowed that to happen. If you've created something that your wife can see from afar, like, whoa, when he pivots to that, like, holy yeah. cow, she can't deny that. She won't deny that. 
You know, mm-hmm. a, 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 a wife, a feminine energy or whatever wants to follow a strong man. I, you know, whatever. I may go Andrew Tate here, but you get my point, right? A strong <laughs> man will lead and a strong wife will know when that man is ready to go. Like she, she understands mm-hmm. that, right? Like it's, it's the both of you. It's not like one has, has a uh, domain over the other. It's, Hey, when, when the man is fully in his secure masculine, like I know the feminine energy can recognize that. So if you want to leave your job or change your life or do something completely drastic, move to another part of the country because you believe you should, and you're saying yeah. your wife's not on board, then I think you have to look inwardly and say, I'm not, I'm not fully committed myself. I might mm-hmm. seem like I am. I might feel like I am, but you're at 99%. You're not a target lock. When you're target lock, no human being can deny. Okay. I see it. I see exactly where you are. And that's exactly what you just said your wife did. Your wife saw in you like, okay, it may not be, there might be like logistical stuff around here that doesn't feel very good. Income, you know, blue card, all this stuff. But I can't deny this. I can't deny this energy I'm feeling from this guy. Would you agree? For sure. Yeah, I I definitely agree. And I think that it it even starts... Yeah, if you ask me, how do you get them on board? I think it starts even at dating, right? Like, are you, have you guys had the conversations that, you know, you know, you're comfortable with? Have you, throughout your marriage, have you guys been open and honest with each other and talking about these different things? When you start having issues with what you're feeling at work, have you been saying things like, do, does she know the feelings and that you're having about X, Y, or Z, like, so that she can understand that dedication and that drive and, yeah. you know, so that you can speak to her emotional side the same way that you're, you're thinking about it logically. I was just having a conversation with Raquel yesterday about, um, homeschooling, like it's homeschooling. And, um, she was appealing to some emotional stuff. And I was like, I, I need to reset my brain a minute because that's, I, I can't think about the emotional side. My brain doesn't do that very well, but of course that's hers does, which mm. again, if you guys are open and honest with each other and having those conversations, then I can learn to appeal to that and understand where she's coming from. Cause I'm like Spock emotionally. Like I don't, it's, he has one like emotion and it was his mom, right? For me, it's anything to do with my family. Like you bring that, that part into it. Right. But, um, but uh, to me, like that ownership, that buy-in starts at the beginning of your marriage. Like if you, if you guys don't have that relationship that can support that sort of decision, you're not going to get the buy-in the second that you're trying to get the buy-in like this is the, I mean, it's just like, like look at your investor list, right? You're not, yeah. you're, you're likely not going to get that investor to give you a half a million dollars. The first phone call, like you're going to have to get that buy-in over time. You know, they're going to have to have some other, some other relationship built there before you're going to get that, that in there. So, um, I don't know, that's, that's my off the cuff thought process on it, but no, that makes sense. Uh, that makes sense. It, Doug Spence is with us today. Doug, please just kind of say hello, introduce your family, uh, who you are, a little bit of background on you and your business, and we'll go from there. My name is Doug Spence. I'm originally from Houston, Texas. Did my undergrad at Baylor University and then uh, joined the Navy back in 2009. Aviation guy, so went to flight school for a couple of years in Pensacola and then uh, selected Super Hornets and went out to Lamore, California for a year, then moved out to Japan for three years, did three carrier deployments, then moved to Pensacola, Florida to be a flight instructor, did that for three years, uh, which is also where I met my wife, Kate. Uh, She is a Navy JAG. We're both uh, active duty Navy. Then moved to San Diego in December of 2018, Uh, was at SEAL Team 3 for two years, 
uh, running their JTAC program, so Joint Terminal Attack Controller. And then now I'm back at non-flying aviation command doing apartment head tour now here in San Diego. And then I got into real estate back in 2016 when I was in Pensacola. So that's where I bought my first property, really where I got addicted to real estate. And I've been... uh, surrounding myself with people that feed that addiction ever since. I've just been doing real estate on the side while I'm uh, active duty. And then we have a, our son, Calvin. Uh, he was born on Cinco de Mayo uh, 2022, last year. You know, this is one thing I've learned uh, even just in you know the first year, but like, it, I think I underestimated parenting because I was like, there's plenty of parents. Like, how tough can it be? There's tons of parents out there. It's, mm-hmm. it's easy to be a bad parent. It's, it's yeah, really yeah. tough to be a good parent. Because it's so yeah. much easier, like in your restaurant example, so much easier to just let them do whatever. But it takes a lot more energy, a lot more patience, a lot more thought to like do the right thing and say, no, you're going to sit here, blah, blah, blah. You know, like, cause I, like, so parent, you want to eat your meal when it comes. You don't want to wrangle kids as they're running out, but that's yeah. the right thing to do for everyone, not just for the other people in the restaurant, but like for the kids and all that. So it's a, it's a lot of energy and it's a lot more time to be a, a good parent uh, than it is to be for a, sure. a bad parent. No, I hundred uh, percent agree with that. Um, and it's, you know, I've wanted to be a dad since I was like 13 years old. So, um, you know, it, it, it's always been one of those things that I've just like, okay, I really can't wait to be a dad. And then when you become a dad, it's like, holy crap, this is a lot more, especially when you know that you have goals and you have a desire for certain things and you're like, man, this is a lot of work, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I want to trade it for the world. You know, like I, I absolutely love being a dad, you know, um, I'd have 10 kids if my wife would let me, but she controls that factory and I'm pretty sure it's getting shut down after the third one. So yeah, that's, that's <laughs> I don't want that many. I think I, I imagine it gets a lot better after, you know, as they get a little bit older, but man, as you know, that first year, especially the first six months, like, yeah, it's man, tough. It is tough. <laughs> yeah, it's real tough. I, I am extremely blessed with my wife because she, you know, um, her thought process on it is oftentimes like, look, I don't wake up in the morning or don't wake up in the middle of the night. I'll take care of it. There's, you've got nothing that, that the kid wants. Like the kid only wants milk and I don't have that. Despite what society may tell me, I can't breastfeed a child. Like it's not, it's not Not with that attitude. Um, No, not with this (laughs) attitude. You're right. With enough hormones injected into me, maybe I can, but um, (laughs) boy, what a defeatist attitude I have. Um, But, uh, uh, but she's like, no, just, just get the sleep. Like you're going to need it for the morning anyways. So, you know, wow. uh, so she Good lets me her. get all the sleep. And, uh, um, and now, I mean, at eight weeks old, she just slept last night, like seven and a half, eight hours, uh, before she woke up. So I was like, well, well done, dear. Like you're eight yeah. weeks into this. You've already got her sleeping through the night. Uh, you had yeah, me sleep through the night too. So thank you. Like, that's amazing. <laughs> that's amazing. But I'll, yeah, I'll yeah. stay up with her though. If she's, if she's having a hard time going to sleep, I'll stay up with her. Right. Yeah. Because I haven't gone to sleep yet, but once, and so I'll send her to bed and then I'll stay up till like midnight, sometimes one o'clock in the morning. Uh, I'll fall asleep on the couch with her on my chest at like two o'clock in the morning, finally get her to sleep. But then she lets me sleep after that, you know? Right. So that's, that's, uh, you know, it goes right back to what you were talking about before having that solid relationship, good communication between you and your spouse and making sure that you guys are on point with all that type of stuff. And I think that just if you're not in a good point before kids, I promise kids aren't going to help. Yeah. (laughs) Kids are going to make that worse. Right. So get your guys, you know, get yourselves in a good point where you have good communication already. You have the emotional, um, you know, emotional intelligence to be able to communicate what you need with each other and, um, and then bring a child into it. The the child's only going to make, any of the problems yeah. worse. 
Yeah, that's another you know important theme with you know in line with the the, the whole podcast, your whole podcast um, you know idea and or the concept of the podcast is like you know the the spouse, the wife is like I mean so critically important because like yeah for both of us, what you know your wife is you know watching your kid eight week old, and then you know my wife is watching our you know thirteen fourteen month old now, so it's like couldn't couldn't do this without them. So you know big yeah. shout out to the spouses for making it all possible because if it wasn't for her, you wouldn't be doing this podcast right now, probably. Oh, you're darn right. Um, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So big, if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even have the thought process to do this podcast. Right. right. So, right. You wouldn't know what uh, a podcast is. I <laughs> know. Uh, no, it's uh you're yeah. probably not wrong. No, yeah. it, it, I, I can't express how important it is to like, I, I forgot who it was that talked about it, but like the, I think it was like Jordan Peterson or somebody that, like the, one of the number one decisions you could possibly make in your life is choosing the right spouse. Yeah. Um, and especially military folks, I'm sure you've seen it a billion times. Like um, we used to call them tech school marriages. Cause like when you're, when you're enlisted, you go through basic training and then you go to your tech school for the air force side is what we call it. I think a school is what the Navy yes. calls it. And yeah. um, so go through our tech school tech school marriages like people get married at 18 years old 19 years old in tech school um and then before you know it five years later they're divorced um if they even made it to five years uh they've already got two kids together in that five years and now this there's a uh, you know these two children growing up without their father in the house um but they you know maybe there's a stepfather now around and like the amount of divorces that we saw was like but like yeah make the right decision on your spouse to begin with you know um and then, you know, you'll, you'll, your future will be infinitely better if you make the right yeah. decision up front with that. Yeah. Um, I think bu- building I just, on that, you know, you know, what, what Jordan Peterson said about, you know, how significant of a life decision it is, you know, the spouse and how people need to think that through. But not only are you marrying your spouse, you're marrying your spouse's family, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the, for all the, the, the goods and others, because, you know, every family is, has their pros and cons and, you know, every family has, has issues as well. So yeah. I think that's important for people to realize that aren't married yet, uh, get to, get to know the family and cause you're, you're married into that family as well. So it's important to, yeah. to consider cause you know, it may think like, Oh, well, you know, whatever, that's just her family. That's her parents. Like I, you know, I, I love her, whatever, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, but yeah, you're, they're your family now too. So for, yeah. for better or for worse. So, yes like it or not yeah you're stuck it's uh we my wife was surprised because like my family like we were we all get along really well we love hanging around with each other um uh not the way they look at it is not the typical because she's she's latina um so again her mom born and raised cuba dad born and raised in spain very 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 family oriented type type of family like everything is about the family, which is the same way that my family is, but they don't perceive a lot of American families that way. It's like, all right, 18, get the heck out of my house. You know, right. like I'm, you're done. Go see away. Thanksgiving. Like, uh, see, see you at Thanksgiving. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Thanksgiving and Christmas. Other than that, you know, um, but that's not our family at all. You know, like her family still every Sunday, um, uh, you know, grandma would be cooking a meal and I, everybody would come over and eat the meal right. on, on Sundays, you know? Um, uh, so it was a blessing to find a family that, that did that type of stuff, you know, like the very first time I met their family her family, like they had a pig roast and I was like, uh, like a litter, like a whole pig, like this, yeah. like made with, Oh man, it was phenomenal. And I said, okay, I got to figure out how to marry this woman. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know how we're going to do it yet, but that's got to happen. Like I don't that was a smart move on her part too. I'm sure uh, that was yeah, strategic. S- 
Yep. Key to a man's heart is through his stomach. So yeah, she tricked uh, you. Good. Yeah, worked out well. She did. She did. <laughs> Dag now. But she hasn't made She hasn't done a pig rest yet. It's always, yeah, it's always her brother. Where's the pig rest? I do need to build a pig resting station in the backyard, though, because, man, that is so daggum good. Oh, my word. It's phenomenal. That's a good, you know, uh, it's good presentation as well when you're having people over, mm-hmm. you know, more so than just aluminum tins of food. I know, right? Yeah. Just pull a whole pig off of there and it yeah. uh, it's it was a lot of fun doing that though. It takes all day, but man, it's so much fun. Yeah. Um because it's a, you know, I love barbecue anyways, and doing anything over fire is uh, is what I'm all about. So, yeah. Um, I've been a pyro since I was a kid, so anything with fire, I'm there. I'm there. we have on Tim Vest. He's an entrepreneur, a dad. Let's start off just, uh, Tim, you telling us a little bit about yourself, telling everybody uh, who it is that we're talking to today, um, your family, your business or businesses in your case, and then uh, we'll kind of go from there. I have a company called Harvest Properties Group that I founded a while back. We purchase and operate real estate, mostly in the multifamily and triple net space. Um, and primarily in the Carolinas, since that's where I'm located. Um, so North, South Carolina and Georgia is where we mostly do what we do. Um, I'm also a co-founder of Making Moves Real Estate Coaching with my business partner, Tim Vitale. And we coach folks on real estate, kind of getting that first big deal across the finish line, if you will. I have a podcast and a small group uh, called Barbaric Yaw that uh, I founded um, that's focused on working with folks, kind of getting through the entrepreneur world and kind of uh, making your own voice known. It sounds like your daughter Peyton was born, what, 2008, 2009? 2008. Yep, 2008, right? So uh, that's right around the time you started looking at real estate and then she's you know eight years old by the time that you decide that that's what you want to do. Was that was that helpful in part of your decision making? Like when you when you became a father, like how did that kind of go into your calculus? Yeah, a little bit. Um, you know, there was definitely this idea of like, I wanted, I wanted to build something to either leave to her or, or build some sort of legacy to show her. Um, you know, I, th- I always kind of feel like my mom and dad's legacy to me has been how to work hard, right? Like how to work hard, how to go after something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think, you know, what I want to kind of show her is that, you can make your own way, right? Like you don't have to go work for somebody else, right? Like if you got it and you want to do it and that's your dream, go, go chase it. Um, and don't let somebody tell you that you can't. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, that, so that was definitely, that was, she was definitely a driving force behind that. And then two, the other piece of it was I was, I mean, when I say I was miserable, I was miserable. Um, and, you know, my wife, God bless her, kind of pulled me aside and was like, you just got to go. Mm-hmm. She's like, you're, you're no good for me. You're no good for her. You go mm-hmm. do what you got to do. Right. And, um, so that, that was kind of a driving force as well. Nice. I mean, I think that's a, uh, first a good on your wife for, you know, yeah, saying it and calling you out and you know, like being supportive in that way. It's like, I would imagine it's it's a much more difficult thing when when your wife's not as supportive. But like, I know that it sucks for you right now, but we still need this or we still need that. And it's just uh, um, having those conversations and knowing you have a supportive wife is, I would imagine, uh, well, I, I know because my wife's extremely supportive too. Like, it, like I left the military after a long time of in the military without a retirement. So, and my wife was like, "All right, let's do it," because she knew that I was in that same boat. I was extremely yeah, miserable. I, I, man, I, I I can't imagine not having that. Yeah, like I, I I'm extremely fortunate. It sounds like you are too. Yeah. Um, my mom was that way with my dad. Like they, they just, they just had that relationship. It was like, okay, 
let's do it. Right. You know, mm -hmm. um, wait a minute, we're going to pick up the, we're, we're quitting our really nice jobs in Texas and we're going to quit and move to North Carolina with no plan. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. what we're doing. Right. Yep, that's that's the what they did. And my wife, my wife's that way too. Right. I mean, she just kind of looks at me and she's like, I trust you. You know, I trust you. Go do nice. it. And I mean, you know, and, and, and we do it, we do that for each other. You know, she, she walked in, <laughs> uh, she wouldn't mind me saying this. I, I, I remember one day I'm sitting in my office working and I hear her car cause she works. She's, she's very successful in the corporate world. Uh, she works and, and I hear the car pull in the garage, but she doesn't come in the house. And I'm like, what is she doing out there? So I walk out there. She's literally sitting in the car ball. Like, she is so sick of her job. She's mm -hmm. had so it's so stressful. And, you know, I mean, she had already kind of said that to me in 2008. I think this was like 2016, 2017 when she was like that. And she walks in the house and she's like, I can't, I can't do this job anymore. And I just looked at her. I was like, all right, cool. Don't do it anymore. Yeah. You know? Like do yeah. something else. Um, you know, and, and like everything else, like my parents, you know, it's like, you're not going to, you're not going to quit and then just sit around the house, but mm -hmm. get a plan together and let's get the heck out of that thing. Right. Yeah. Um, and you know, that's how we've been with each other. So it's, it's, I, man, people who don't have that, I feel really, really bad. Yeah. Um, cause, cause I've had buddies who are like, man, my, I don't, I hate my job, but my wife tells me I can't quit. And I'm yeah. like, that sucks <laughs> to me. Oftentimes I, I feel like that's a, that's a sign of a lot more other things going on. Like, I mean, there's probably been some lack of communication in various other parts of their life and they're not as open with each other as maybe they should be. And this is also very generalization, but, sure. um, you know, it, it's, I think that they, the healthiness of the marriage creates healthiness in the kids, creates healthiness in the communication, create like, I mean, to me, it all starts at the, the husband and wife, if they're, you know, yeah. if they've got a healthy relationship, being able to do all these things and like the support that they give each other, like makes a massive difference. Um, uh, but there's also a lot of fear-based stuff in there too, right? Like they, they could have a really healthy marriage and healthy stuff, but, um, you know, if they're, if they're full of fear on, you know, well, you can't quit because what, like what's going to happen to this or what's going to happen to that. And it's all fear. Like I have no, no effect on the, it might not be the marriage health, but more just the, uh, mental health of each other as well, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. It's, it's definitely there for sure. Um, you know, I, 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 I like to think that I got a decently level head on my shoulders and a lot of that came from basically seeing being in a very stable family. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, my parents, my parents were high school sweethearts and, you know, to the day my dad died, you know, they were nothing but devoted to each other. So, um, you know, that definitely growing up around that, that made a huge difference. Um, and you know, I, I think my brothers would tell you the same thing. I think it also kind of set an example of what we looked for, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think it absolutely set an example of what we look for in our own, in our own marriages, our own relationships. I have a fellow veteran, um, father, uh, real estate investor, business minded guy. We got Stu Grazier on the podcast. Uh, Stu, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Tell us a little about your family, a little bit about your business, and then we'll kind of go from there. Stu Grazier, uh, I am a, a husband uh, to my beautiful bride, uh, Crystal. We've been married. Uh, August will be our 15th year anniversary. And then we have two amazing children. Her name is Collins and a five-year-old son. His name is Wells. 
Or if you ask him, it's he's five and a half. I've dedicated my life to really being the best husband, the best father, um, and just better, the best leader that I could possibly be in the community. I'm a veteran. I retired from the Navy after 20 years of service. I flew uh, helicopters for about 10 years, and then I transitioned and uh, flew uh, C-40s or like a Boeing 737. And then lastly, like you said, real estate investor, owned multiple businesses, started doing investing when I was uh, right out of college in, my, in flight school uh, in Pensacola. I started investing in real estate, and uh, I've tried about every asset, every niche, every strategy uh, that I could possibly do. Uh, I've failed a lot. Uh, I've learned a lot, uh, but somewhere along those lines, I've I've found some success in a few things too. Are you you were really making a making a big impact here at 15 years? Well, you know, it's <laughs> uh, it's funny you say that. I mean, you know, it, it's it's uh, very I mean very common for divorce to happen. I mean, it happened oh, yeah. in my family when I was a kid uh, with my two parents, and I think the stats are something like. 50% of first marriages end in divorce now, or, or maybe mm -hmm. even higher than that. And then it just goes up from there, you know, second, yeah. second marriages goes up from there and third marriages. And, um, you know, I think it's kind of like, I don't know, kind of the cool thing to do now is this, like, if yeah. this one doesn't work, go find another one. And, and, uh, I a hundred percent disagree with that. And, yeah. um, yeah. you know, there's, there's obviously challenges with any, uh, you know, intimate relationship and, and mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I, uh, you know, it's important to me, and that uh, that I focus there and be intentional with, with uh, making uh, making sure I can show up to be the best uh, husband I could possibly be. So, uh, for sure, you know, we had uh, uh, we have a podcast as well. And we had a guest, we had two guests on our podcast, and they were they were both at forty years of marriage. So nice. I, I think that's pretty impressive. Right? Yes, it is. Um, yeah. Obviously, that's a goal of ours uh, for sure. But uh, you know, there's a lot that happens within those forty years. Mm -hmm. So you know, always good to. to surround yourself with other men that uh, can kind of lift you up and, and show you some uh, some things to do so you can make it to 40. So Joe Wexler on the podcast, uh, he is a, a good buddy in, uh, in GoBundance. Um, Joe, I want you to, to start kind of just give me a little bit of background on you, um, your family. Joe Wexler, I live in Charleston, South Carolina. been married to Sarah that we're coming up on 15 years this fall. So suddenly 15 years we have a 10 year old son named ben and an eight-year-old daughter named genevieve and you can imagine those ages are very busy and uh we're fortunate to be able to put a lot of energy towards them i own a handful of small businesses um i spent a lot of my time before we had kids in management consulting and i was traveling all over the world um 100 of the time and once kids started coming realized that wasn't really uh sustainable for the way we wanted to live as parents Sp specifically me my wife she kind of just like reinforces the and this i've heard other people talk about this separately like just reinforcing each other as individual parents and people mm -hmm. and having the kids see that is really important so um me showing appreciation for my wife for um whatever making dinner or setting up an event for us to do and having my kids see me show that same appreciation and then my wife does a great job of recognizing me as a dad and as a business owner and a husband and they see mm -hmm. that too and like that's gonna i think that's going to be pretty impactful for them over the course of their lives so i would certainly imagine yeah i it always breaks my heart to see 
couples like I don't I don't mind some minor arguments for other kids. I think the kids need to be able to see my wife and I kind of dispute a little bit and and then come to an agreement at the yeah, end of that, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, without yeah. anger. Same thing. Yeah. But but I, I it it always hurts me to watch like almost knockout drag out type arguments in front of the kids and the way that they act and like you're like what are you teaching your kids when you do that right like you should be showing your kids a good example of what it means to be a husband and wife and you know like i don't know it it breaks my heart so like a lot of times like if my wife and i are going to have like a like a conversation conversation what we try to do um like if it's going to be in depth like the kids see us go into another room we have a discussion we figure it all out and then we come we come out unified like hey this this is our decision um you know it's not mommy deciding this or daddy deciding that or oh mommy won that argument you know it's none of that it's no this is our decision like we want this to be a mutual thing that they always see that the that husband and wife while they may not agree on everything, they can come together and agree on it and move forward. And um, to me, I think that's also helped me in business too, to kind of step aside and go, okay, well, let me, let me look at what this looks like with my partners. Right. <laughs> like, yes. like, exactly. Step, step aside. Let's talk to my partner about this, figure out what we're going to do. Yeah. hundred percent. And I mean, uh, honestly, having a short temper is something I've had, I've dealt with my whole life. And man, I haven't yelled at my kids all year. So I track it. Because I noticed myself getting being quick on that over the last couple of years, and uh, letting they're just kids, man, like letting them get mm-hmm. under my skin and reacting very quickly and yelling. And I, man, every time you do that, I just felt so bad. So I made a resolution this year not to do that. And it's just they notice it. That wife's like, man. You're so much more patient than I am. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, though. Well, well done on on noticing it and then taking some action to to correct it. That's that's phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, I'm not perfect. My wife would yeah. argue too, right? But um, and I definitely have less patience sometimes with my kids than others. But at least recognizing that I was yelling and that that didn't feel good and that doesn't feel good for them. And then taking action, I'm pretty proud of that. But it also came to the place of like a, it was a defect of mine. (laughs) Yeah. Probably too strong a word, but you know, something, a behavior that I was exhibiting that I didn't want to. The reason that I'm a dad is because of my dad. So it seemed to be pretty fitting to have him be the first person that I chat with on this. So a little bit about us. Well, first off, that's my dad, my dad, Tim. Say hi, dad. Uh, his dad. There he is. Like it or not, he's stuck with me. Mom, she grew up, you know, youngest of how many? <laughs> twelve. And she's number twelve, so she had a large family. So your mom helped me to mold it to a good dad too, and she reminded me from time to time of my responsibility. Yeah, I think that's what a, a good wife is going to do, and a good mom is going to do is will you keep each other on track and doing the right things and making sure hey, like if you're honest with each other, helping each other kind of, Hey, you screwed this up or you did, or, you know, like, um, once in a while do a, well, maybe that route shouldn't have been taken. Yeah. Yeah. And then let's think about that before we do that again, whether it's going to get a credit card, it could be something that simple, mm-hmm. but the influence of dads, you know, you and I, we generally get the final say as dads, but I sometimes bow down to the needs of mom as well. Yeah. And the wife as well. 
you know, we used to say, you know, a happy wife is a happy life. No, yeah. Spouse is a happy house, you know. Well, this is a very happy, way, way better than I expected. Oh, for sure. Way better than the families I was exposed to, my family, how any of their retirements worked out. Going you know, two years now, next week, I've been retired. Yay. I never expected at least 24 months ago. Gone. Yeah. Just gone. And I'm kind of sort of a selfish, not with the family, but with my friends in different states and, and between the military and the I've been selfish with my family and me down here. I think that's why I'm happy. And dads need to do that once in a while. Just don't spend so much time with so many people that you got so many feelers out there that you you've taken time away from your kids or your spouse. It's up to you to figure out which direction it's going to go. And I knew from my personal experience, I needed a new direction. And we were, mom and I, we were public servants, payday to payday. And then you met the correct woman who changed your basis in your future. So, uh, Sergio, welcome to the podcast. Happy to have you. If you can tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, and then we'll uh, we'll jump into uh, being very dad focused. Cool. My name is Sergio Altamari. I'm based out of Philadelphia. Uh, 47 years old. Got a little girl. She's about to be six on March 11th. I am um, a uh, reborn re-careered over and over again. Uh, I spent 22 years working for the Federal Reserve, had a, a day job, uh, launched a company in the meantime. Uh, we were in self-storage syndication, moving more and more towards larger private equity. My whole objective in life is to find that right amount of balance between creating uh, legacy wealth and, and doing what I enjoy, which is now building a company and spending as much time with uh, with my family while also doing my best to uh, create the a, a, or at least allow for my child to be you know develop her own way and kind of learn from my mistakes um, you know things that I wish that my parents did or didn't do and you know along the way just enjoy the ride and the journey because you're you're running a business um your yeah. wife is involved in the business as well um so you guys both uh, both lead lead a company and have multiple employees plus you're you know being parents together uh tell me a little bit about that dynamic and how that kind of works um with uh husband and wife uh running a business and husband and wife running a family and how they kind of interact together yeah, it, it's certainly not for the faint of heart and not easy to do. Um, you know, I, I think over the years, uh, once we started, it was always important for us to make sure that that we have a lane um, and and kind of veered into different lanes and, and together many times. And, you know, as we've initially, like any company, you start with both of us doing everything and kind of like you know whatever needs to be done and now that we have a larger team and know uh through trial and error and through you know business practices coaching and what have you core focus be as and where should it continue to evolve and grow and going back to me being that that leader i mean naturally i i, I play ceo and i say play because i still don't know what you know 
it's like a game, right? So, um, and then for her, it's again following uh, her passions and where she gravitates to. So it's a lot of not, I look at it as it's not always about what needs to be done, but what are you doing? And, and whatever you are doing is probably more indicative of where you should double down and spend more time. And now I say that uh, with the caveat that that is an evolutionary process and that as the company grows, then my role kind of changes and needs to grow with it. I can't, I mean, I'm a natural technician, so I can't be in systems uh, for the company to be successful. I think at, at, at home and our relationship is, is really anchored in communication and, and, um, and that's, that's communicating through, uh, certainly language and, and talking a lot, uh, you know, our, our essentially at our drive into drop style off at school and into the office is a business meeting. Our drive home is typically a business meeting. Um, even sometimes at dinner, it's, it's turns into a business meeting. It's very important that we are number one is that we're constantly talking about what, why we're doing what we're doing. And, and, mm -hmm. You know, it's not about money for us. It's, it's never been. And it's it's all about, again, following what we're passionate about. We're passionate about contributing, sharing, and impact. And, and our business and our company is just a, a vehicle there. And we happen to choose real estate and now self-storage just because it's um, you know, it's got characteristics of a lot of cool things. It's business. It's, it's uh, hard assets. Um, it's all about... Uh, uh, compounding wealth. That's that's a conversation for another time, but it really comes down to being aware of uh, constantly communicating. Um, if we have disagreements, knowing that there's uh, that's going to happen, uh, knowing that that you know, just being mindful of how we're communicating is it perfect? No, uh, I'm I'm just as guilty if I get into a mood. Uh, there's, it's not going to be pretty, but it's like the continuous growth, just being aware of it. Um, and, and really just mm -hmm. trying to be, just trying to be better and, and incrementally better. I know that if I have an emotional reaction, that's probably not the best time to talk about something. Um, so the personal growth journey, we're both on it. Um, you know, we both have coaches, uh, and that's probably the hardest thing is that, you know, you have to go find people that are just going to give you honest answers, um, and evaluate you and what you're doing and, and have a level of experience that you can have confidence that you're going to learn from. Uh, so then obviously there's the, 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 the interpersonal you know, relationship that's not about business is is critical. Sharing, making sure that we're constantly on the same page with with Stella and and what we're looking to teach her and and how do we reflect. One thing that I I listened to a little bit of Alex Ramosi um, on the business side of the house and uh, Alex and Layla Ramosi they started off as uh, like sort of dating and then turned into business partners and one thing that he talks about is is a you know you you kind of hit on it a little bit is is knowing what where your roles are right um, one thing that he always says is like there's too many 
there's too many spouses that try to fit their their spouse into the business as opposed to you're a perfect fit for this spot in the business. Let's take it. Not like they just want to include their spouse in the business, you know, and if, if it's a fit, it's a fit. If it's not, it's not. Uh, but when you try to force it, it ends up being uh, an issue, right? Totally. Because, you know, there, it's not going to be exactly what you're looking for. It's not going to be whatever. So, you know, you'd mentioned like even uh, being, being passionate about, you know, the thing that you're paying, doing the most and, you know, you're passionate about just like, that's where you should double down on. Right. Um, and that should be a sign, I think, for any of us, right? Because my, my wife's getting ready to retire in two years. Um, I'm going to keep on saying this out loud over and over and over again to force her to do that. Um, I'm sabotaging every chance I can to make sure that she doesn't promote to the next rank. But uh, so when she retires in two years, like she talked about being a part of business. Like, okay, well, we need to have a strong conversation about that. Does it make sense to have her in the business? Does she actually want to be? Or is it just because she sees me doing it? Or what is it? Um, you know, uh it seems as though you guys have, have kind of figured this, figured some of this out together and figured out like where your guys' roles are. Dave Aheimer is my guest today. Dave and I are in a accountability pod together and a group together. And he is another, of course, entrepreneur and dad. So I wanted to bring him on. So Dave, if you can uh, give a quick introduction about yourself, tell us a little bit about who you are and uh, what you do as a dad and an entrepreneur. Yes, fantastic. My name is Dave Aheimer. I am a dad, an entrepreneur, a member of Go Bundance, a husband and a willing participant in an amazing family who has absolutely saved me from myself. So I've been an entrepreneur longer than I've been a dad. And when my little guy came along, I remember having a very distinct moment of clarity at an entrepreneur's organization event in Ohio, right outside of Cleveland, where I had to make a decision about redefining my win. And whether or not my win would be my business or my newly born son who was in crisis and in distress. And so it was an absolutely life-changing moment for me to make the decision to make my son and my family my win. I want to rewind back to that 2019 time frame, right? So your Jonathan was born, what, 2016? 16, yeah. Math is good. Um, so uh, 2016, uh, so th- he, you know, Jonathan's three years old, business starts really hurting. Talk to me a little bit about the struggles in the business and what that did with the family and how you kind of still were able to keep some sort of a semblance of a balance or if you were at all able, even able to keep some sort of semblance of a balance. I'd say that uh, I could have handled that better. There's no doubt about that. At the beginning of 2018, I made a choice to uh, separate myself from the day-to-day operation within the business. And I brought in a president to run that organization for me. And this guy, you know, this is on me. At the end of the day, leadership and, and the organization and how the organization performs, it's on me. I didn't give him the right training or I um abdicated responsibility instead of trust and verify or whatever the case may be are we, we suffered a pretty significant loss in gross revenue and that gross revenue uh caused the business to contract and anybody who works in internet retail will tell you it's a momentum machine mm-hmm. and you got momentum going up you're doing awesome you got momentum going down it's really hard to change it and, and pull it around and that gentleman left the business after just one year of employment and walking into 2019, I made a decision to come back in and take a different hand. And I tried to spin up a different business inside of that business. And uh, where we were doing canvas wall decor, I decided that we were going to do 
framed under glass and it seemed like a pretty similar product to me short stories spent a you know a couple hundred thousand like getting a new product line up and running and, and equipment and ultimately this part of the business failed and the other part of the business was momentum in the wrong direction with the compounding effect that brought me to a place where i was having you know long days sleepless nights overeating not caring for myself appropriately as far as like my morning routine was concerned and it's really unfortunate adam that you know and maybe some of the people out there can understand what i'm talking about but for me when i'm having this kind of difficult time and all of this stress then i tend to take it out on the ones that i love the most which doesn't make any sense at all like it's not a rational thing to do but i'm on point and trying to do all of the things and showing up and holding on and not letting go and i come home and i get too easily frustrated by a comment from my wife or frustrated for any number of reasons and it's a really difficult time in my family so this is where i really need to give the credit to my wife because she is a kind and patient woman and she showed up and she did her job by hanging on and not letting go because couple of times there you know if she had let me walk away i might have done so and folded under the stress but she refused to let me walk away and she was the as she so often likes to refer to it as i'm the ceo of business and finance and she's the ceo of the family and spirituality and she she really stepped up as a, as a leader in our family to keep us together and so that became very important and for me later on when i really fully appreciated just how much she had done for and done for the family and kind of a you know slap in the face reminder to, to make sure that i'm treating her appropriately that i'm honoring her and, and making sure that i make time for her and our relationship has improved dramatically with the sale of the business and with the pandemic and spending all of that time together i know there's a lot of folks out there who had really hard times in their marriage because they're not spending time with their spouses and now they're stuck with them and they find out Oh yeah, I guess we don't really work well together anymore, or you know, we don't really get along as well as we thought we did. We had this uh, amazing opportunity after our hard experience in 2019, where we learned to appreciate each other with taking date nights once a week. We bought this little deck of cards that were date night questions, where we'd ask one another questions and get to know one another better during our once a week date night and making sure that was a priority and going into building that foundation. And that's her, it's the stuff that she came up with. No, I'm lucky. I'm lucky to have that kind of support, Adam. I got to tell you. It's like God designed it to have you guys work together. And, sure did. You know, have husbands and wives do things together. What do you know? That's true. What do you know? It's almost like a system. <laughs> it's almost like a like system that, where yeah. you get like a partner. Yeah. And, you know, thankfully, she's my opposite and in all things, because if she was anything similar to me with my drive, determination and ambition, it would be something like Highlander, you know, like mm. only one can stay, only one remains. There could be only one. John, I want you to do a quick introduction of yourself. Tell us a little bit about who you are, what kind of business stuff you're in, and uh, tell me about your family as well. My name is John, originally from New Jersey, dad of two kids, a six-year-old girl and a four-year-old boy husband to my wife Sana's and we live in South Florida now by way of Los Angeles. So we lived in Los Angeles for about five years and a fur dad too. I got a little dog named Wilbur. So family of five. I'm involved in real estate. I still have a W2 in the data world. So I'm a techie and you know, doing my best to balance everything. I always knew that I wanted to be a hands-on dad, you know, because I never had the parents at my basketball games, at my soccer games growing yeah. up. 
So I knew that when I became a dad, I was going to be extremely active, extremely hands-on, you know, because I knew that I craved that as a child, like, you know, all the other parents are at the soccer games on the sidelines, uh, bringing orange slices, you know, and I never had that. So I did know that I wanted to be active and hands-on, but having the relationship later with my father, that actually helped me become a better husband. So, you know, because I realized it wasn't until I had the relationship with my father afterwards, I realized, yeah, it was never going to work between you and mom. Like they're just Mm -hmm. two different people, oil and water. Like it was just never going to happen. You know, but as a child, I didn't understand that because when you're six, seven, eight years old, you don't understand the dynamic of adults co-living or coexisting. So I realized I did have a lot of resentment growing up. Like, you know, oh, you just couldn't make it work. You just couldn't stick around, you know, was it my fault? You know, but then I realized I'm like, oh man, I don't even know how they lasted the six years that they did last, you know, let alone forever. So I think once I became adult, that's where a lot of that, um, you know, I realized that like, okay, it's really important who you pick as a partner. It's really important that you guys have the same parenting mindset that you want to, you know, parent children the same way. And you have the same goals and the same values or else it's not going to work. I don't want just the relationship with my kids to improve. You know, I also have to prioritize my wife, but I also have to spend time with my kids and I got to put food on the table. Right. And I also need to sleep. So it is a constant struggle. And this is something that my wife and I acknowledge that like, listen, it's hard when you have multiple kids uh, and you're trying to get things done and she has her career and I have my career. And then we have to come together and, you know, we can't just, you know, disregard the kids and it's tough to get a sitter. (laughs) It really is. We don't have any family here. You know, her family's in Sweden, my family's in New Jersey uh, and we live in South Florida. So the struggle is real when it comes to the balance, at least for me. So I know that I've tried to incorporate like a sacred Sunday, right? Where Sunday is like no business. It's just family time. Incorporating the lunch dates and the dinner dates once a week. Going out with other couples every other week. Things like that, that I've really tried to implement and really be consistent with. And we do travel a lot. So I think that um, it's easy for me to get lost in the traveling to be like, oh, well, we can't do this because, you know, we're going here or, oh, hey, we can't do dinner dates because we're doing this and don't want to be that guy that gets caught up in the day to day life, you know, and I push everything else aside. You know, I really do want that balance. And I believe that was my word of the year or my theme of the year um, when we spoke that balance is the thing that I'm creating, right? You know, I'm not worried about scaling my businesses. I'm not worried about it. those things will come. Um, but I need to really focus on the balancing. And again, so to answer your question, how do I balance? I don't feel like I do a great job at it. Yeah. And it's something that I struggle with. I, I feel like I'm doing an okay job at it, you know, um, where my wife doesn't hate me. My kids don't hate me and my business is still thriving. Thank you so much for listening to the biz dad podcast. We hope you found some value in your time here with us. And we look forward to bringing you the next episode. If you've enjoyed today's show, please subscribe and share so you and your friends won't miss our upcoming episodes. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Rumble, where we continue these discussions and share more valuable content. Be the dad you know you need to be and run your business in a way you're proud to share with your kids. Keep crushing it.